and everyone ex- survived except my and then there's a box of oh. pasta that's nigatoni nigatoni pasta mm-hmm. now watching so much of the sopranos has been really therapeutic i think i like mentioned very briefly on the last show how much i've been watching sopranos but it's actually extremely therapeutic okay and i'll get into that but Ther- therapeutic I think I've been like, well, okay, I'll say how after we do all the intro stuff and we get into it. Oh, but, okay. But just most importantly, just to open with the joke, is that my wife got started getting real tired of me. <laughs> calling things uh, by their Italian pronunciation. So we were making uh, cauliflower pizza bites. And I, uh, I said, uh, what's the mozzarella in the pizza for? Is it for the taste? She says, what? And I said, I really wanted antipast with my cauliflower bites. Oh, boy. She said, I will divorce you. <laughs> I will fight you. And so I immediately I immediately stopped um, with that. That's probably for the best. If you want to remain married, you know. Until the next day. Yeah. And I said, it's me, mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. I got her. I got her. Well, come to it, Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Let's get to know each other. Follow us on all of the social medias and whatnot. We have excellent SEO, so just Google when Daniel met Rich. Also, follow and listen to our other show, Excitement Inc., which is very nerd-centric, mm-hmm. very pop culture, video games, movies, all that fun stuff. It's subtly cleaner, but not by much. Yeah, and you know, uh, also we just finished up a Game of Thrones review yes. series, a, v- a very short miniseries, a four-episode with one, uh, actually maybe five yeah. altogether because we did a little catch-up. We, we did. talked about all of Game of Thrones, and then we did every episode up until the end. Yep. So it's five episodes in all mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones catch-up. Mm-hmm. If you want to get really, really ripped drunk, drink every time you hear the word literally. Okay. I, I, I noticed that when I was listening back to it. I was like, you and Sarah say literally a lot. Do we? Especially Sarah. It's funny. I was listening back to it and I didn't I didn't even notice that either. Well, see, one of my one of my weird things is when people misuse the word literally. And so I had I kind of reined myself in for the sake of the show, but I was yeah. very, very close to snapping on both of you being like, it's really literally or is it figuratively? What do you mean here? <laughs> so right, and they kind of like uh, touch each other a lot, but it's kind yeah. of interesting the way people say um, things and have mannerisms. Yeah, and sometimes you also bounce off of other people. Like even if you don't say literally a lot, yeah, if someone's using literally a lot, you might start using right literally. Yeah, because you don't typically do it mm-hmm. in regular shows. You don't typically say the word yeah. literally. Yeah, but or. Sarah was like mm-hmm. big time on it. I counted. There was like eight times inside of two minutes. Or maybe um, it's specifically when we're upset about something. Yeah. Well, no, you're using it as a superlative. Yeah, exactly. It's all, and you that's, know. And I mean, I get it. It's still a thing with me. I don't know why. No, that's okay. It's fine. So it's fine. I'm trying to and think it's of fine other, because I still love you both. I'm trying to think of other words that are used a lot. Um, in that fashion, um, cuss words is like conjunctions can be an issue. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, because they're not, using... they shouldn't be. Yeah. They're, they're more like flares. You know what I mean? It's like right. when you're eating chocolate and you get a little bit of salt. Yeah. And the chocolate is like, hoo, hoo, hoo. And yes. that's how we're doing this, huh? Yeah. That's how we're doing yeah. this. So it's this weird thing. I, I didn't go super deep into Sopranos on Excitement Incorporated because I'm really, it's oddly therapeutic for me. Okay. Because, um, not because I'm a mafia gangster. Okay. <laughs> and no one's sleeping with the fishes because of me, uh, as much as I like that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, not sleeping. Really. Um, exactly. It's this weird thing that they, the cool thing about The Sopranos is it kind of hits on the nose the frustrations of adult life in, or, you know, with or without what your actual career is in the way that, um, you try to put up with uh, um, certain aspects of your family, um, the way people in your family can behave, yeah. um, the stresses of real life. And I, like, oddly enough, in this, like, kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say a kind of weird way, but I really identify with Tony Soprano. And it makes me wonder if that's something that, like, a lot of people do. Um, if that's natural, because I've never, it's like you watch a show like Dexter and I'm like, I hope most of us do not identify with him. You know what I mean? Right. That kind of thing. Um, I've never really been able to, I, I identify with a couple, but I, you know, like Kylo Ren recently was probably one of the first people I was like, Ooh, I kind of identify with him, um, as an adult, uh, formed adult now, um, Tony Soprano in the way of like trying to get a rein on your life, trying to enjoy your life. But also uh, find a way to cope with the people who make it harder for you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's really weird because I've heard the word narcissist before. um, And I've identified some narcissists in my life, but only specifically because some of the characters in, in, in this show are spitting images of people I know in real life. Yeah. Which kind of speaks to what, probably why this show is so good, with or without the fact that it's um, the closest thing to Godfather and, and um, long-form television you can get. Yeah. It's an, it's a creepily accurate, I don't want to say caricature, but hypothetically because of the fact that they're... They're in New Jersey. They're doing the yeah. things to fuck you yeah. and that kind of attitude stuff right. that makes it a caricature. But outside of that, it's oddly, oddly seeing um, just all the three-dimensional characters in the show um, is what makes it so en- enrapturing for me. Yeah. But, yeah, oddly therapeutic for that reason. Well, that I mean, that's kind of the testament of a good show is that when it, if you take out the... The, extre- the extremes of the fiction, okay? So you remove all of the Mafia Dawn mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. from The Sopranos. Yeah. It's a reflection of your life. It's, it's a reflection true. of regular American life for a lot of us. I mean, it, trust me, the older you get, the more you yeah. identify right. with Tony Soprano. Because when I was doing my rewatch, I was, you know, he when he's viewing homes to put his mother in. Yeah. And I remember being with my parents when we were scouting nursing homes for my grandmother who was sinking further and further into her dementia. Okay. So, I mean, it's, and 
the levels of stress and juggling all these things, juggling your professional life and your personal life, and mm-hmm. then let alone you know, when your professional life really should not be mixed with anything. Else. Right. <laughs> so I mean, there's there's stress in all of it, and then yeah, the uh, so it's real easy to identify mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Not when he's got all the craziness, and then you realize that you have this craziness too. It's mm-hmm. like you can actually kind of use that to help you deal with your craziness. It's true. Yeah. By recognizing, you know, oh, Tony's doing this. This was his first mistake. So he shouldn't be doing this. And then you, mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm doing that. Yeah. How do I avoid doing that? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you can. Sometimes you just you realize that Tony is just as stuck as you are. True. You know, and I, I had that same thing with uh, with Breaking Bad. You know, it was real easy to identify with Walter White. Sure, yeah. And then you realize when you're letting your pride get in the way and it's going to shoot you in the foot, yes. so you kind of... You stop because stop you're that. not a meth kingpin. Right. Yeah. And it's not as important to you that you be a meth kingpin. Yes. <laughs> so... That you throw away your life. Yeah. So, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I... I have to get back into the Sopranos. Uh, season two is a market improvement, um, especially when uh, Tony Soprano left such uh, uh, an impression on his therapist that his therapist has to go to therapy <laughs> because of how bad nice. he messed her up, her perfect little world. Up. Yeah. So it's no, it's again, it's everything about it. Um, um, they uh, the episodes I watched today, they took a trip to Italy to continue business, and um, and just had a shit time there. They were like, oh, our our home and our heritage is gonna be wonderful, and they get there, and everyone in Italy is just literally an asshole to them. They're like, we hate you, Americans. Yeah. Uh, one of them just super lonely, and he's like, he's like uh, talking to the girl he slept with the night before, and uh, uh, a whore, and he's like, look, we can go. Like he was like, oh, you're from there? I was born there too. And she's like, yeah, big, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it just like totally you're like the ruins. One that cares. <laughs> yeah, and then they're all, they're they're riding in the car on the way back from the airport, and no one has anything to say because they're just. <laughs> It's just a silent ass car ride back from the nice. airport. So it is interesting. It's good stuff. So I'll have to get blazing through season one because mm-hmm. I remember I, as I told you before, you know I, I'm at the point now in my rewatch that I've hit where I started it before. Mm-hmm. So I have between then and now I have seen all of season one. Yeah, but I have to like finish this watch of season one to refresh everything exactly because i remember just hating tony's mother Mm -hmm. by the time all was said and done because it's like okay she's the one pulling all of junior's strings yeah and just screwing her son up and it's just Mm -hmm. so fucking infuriating i mean this is the best narcissist i've seen on television Oh yeah, ever best best worst narcissist, and it like that's that's kind of the scary thing is when you when you see like the worst the worst narcissists sharing uh, personality traits like the of the worst kind, yeah. um, l- l- lying and that oh I forgot or mm-hmm. uh, 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 oops I forgot or subtle little comments to just get you know get under your skin bring yeah. you down a notch uh, change change the subject to something negative over and over and over and over. 
Even as, when you it, try and do something nice, they'll just as soon continue as I, to crap on it. Yes, and as soon as I figured it out, I went on YouTube and started Googling how to deal with the narcissists in my life, and there's really only one big one um, that, that um, luckily we're not around as, as often anymore, but I'm just kind of like, you know, being able to see it from outside of that window. It's nice being able to watch a show, see it from outside of the window, and go, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> you, yep. you no, this is a problem that's bad enough. You need therapy. You need help. Mm-hmm. You need help. But unfortunately, narcissists are the last people <laughs> to yeah. go and seek that out. Yeah. Unless no, they the lose first everything. thing out of their mouth is I'm perfect. The world is flawed. Yeah. And, and exactly. That's, and that's kind of the kicker there. Mm-hmm. So I got one for you. All right. I used to be a narcissist. Weird. But true. Um, in a way that I didn't realize it until I went to therapy the first time, but I did it as a, as a, as a child, yeah. um, in high school and I came out of that and, and like really had a weird, um, self, I don't want to say inflection. Um, that's not the right word, but you know, uh, just looking into my reflection mm-hmm. and seeing that and coming out of it. Um, I used to be a bad narcissist in high school where I just wanted to do whatever I wanted and blame everyone else mm-hmm. for when they were mad at me for being a jerk. Yep. I'm not like that anymore. Thank yeah. God. But like it's well, intense. Yeah. When you, when you recognize it and yeah. work actively to correct it, that's, yeah. that's kind of a strong thing like, just cause I, rem- I was the same way. Yeah. I wonder if we're all narcissists. Oh Yeah. At one point in our lives or, you know, before we know better or before, you know. Well, we're all varying levels of narcissists. It's very true. And, you know, it's better to be at low level than to just let it build, build until you're Mm -hmm. absolute. And no one wants to be around you. Right. (laughs) When your kids want nothing to do with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's a subreddit called Raised by Narcissists Mm -hmm. where people will go in there and Mm -hmm. vent about their. Oh, man. About their interactions with loved ones and mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and I need to find this. Yeah, I need it bad. I need it bad. There will be people that will try and one up each other. Yeah, and that's when you're like, okay, so don't have kids because they'll be on here mm-hmm. venting about you. Exactly. So the but some of those stories are kind of therapeutic in just realizing you're not alone. Mm, yeah. And there's other people that have gone through similar things that are like, yeah, that happened to me too. This is how I dealt with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. This is how I actively worked to remedy that. It's true. So that's, I mean, if if that's your bag, that's I highly recommend that subreddit. No, I'm going to have to. Um. So yeah, when you when you see that and you kind of uh move it around and then um Sopranos, it's it's really funny because with the end of Sopranos, Tony disconnects. Um in the end of season 1, he disconnects from his mom completely. Um right. being that she almost got him killed. Yeah. And um his sister comes into town. Oh jeez. And his sister uh, is the product of an unmanaged narcissist, but also worse. Okay. Because she uh, she files for uh, disability and gets Social Security disability because her hands hurt and she can't work. And 
uh, wow, Tony, you shouldn't sell the house, you know, and uh, I'm here to take care of Ma. And it's 100% certain that she is a leech. Okay. And she's actually just as bad. Yeah. In a different light. And as soon as Tony's like almost out of one funk, he gets dipped right into another. Yeah. <laughs> With his yeah. personal life. And it's insane, but true. Yeah. He stepped out of a puddle and right into the ditch. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. Okay. So that's I'm, the cool part. I'm looking part. forward to this. Right. So, so far I'm just looking forward to seeing how it continues to, I don't want to say mirror my life because there's similarities, right? I'm not right. living Tony Soprano's life. But I'm seeing the the frustrations and just trying to like not be stressed by work and home life at the same time. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe if one of them could be bad and the other one could be perfect, that'd be nice. But they're never on the same page at the same time. Right. You know, um, which is which is cool, and that's what may, that's probably part of the reason Sopranos is lauded as one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. So. Well, and you were. Roxy, shut up. Nobody thinks you're cool. That's the dog. That's the boxer out there barking. She was going hard. She was going hard. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So you were talking about Dexter, and you know, you're like, I hope nobody identifies. When you take out the dark passenger aspect, mm-hmm. there was a lot of things about Dexter that I identified with. True. And it really, that actually helped me a lot mm-hmm. because I found myself in a lot of situations, like especially social situations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I just didn't want to interact i didn't want to be there i didn't want to have anything to do with any of these people or whatever Mm -hmm. but dexter never wanted to spend time with anyone true unless he was killing them Mm -hmm. and he had to fake it so that he wouldn't get caught yeah and that's that was like well fake it till you make it exactly you just keep faking it until you actually do enjoy these things and and then he does start to enjoy those yes, things you know cuz it's he actually has these relationships that wouldn't ordinarily be possible for somebody yeah. like him cuz what it's at the end of season 2 or 3 or something like that he's like actually I do love my girlfriend and I love her kids and I love my son that I'm having with Rita you know yeah. like and it's kind of that was pretty cool and that you know yeah in that way. And I meant, you know, as I hope no one relates and you know, obviously it's a disclaimer that right. he's a fucking serial killer. Right. Yes. But yeah, no, you know, and you, as you say that kind of thing, it's also, yeah, it is also relate relatable in that fashion. And that's part of the reason we end up liking Dexter. Yeah. Well, and that's just, that's the cornerstone of good TV, mm-hmm. good yeah. entertainment. Really. Right. 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 So I hope you're ready to be disappointed at the end of The Sopranos by the way it ends. No, I'm aware that the ending is controversial. For whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure yet. I do know that there's a prequel movie coming. Oh. Starring uh, Vera Farmiga. Okay. If you know her. Yeah. Remember? She's in like everything. Exactly. Um. Oh, man. I really wish I could. Uh, John Bernthal. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, who is the actor that plays Tony Soprano? Played him. Uh, James Gandolfini. Uh, yeah, James Gandolfini's son is playing him. Oh, wow. In the prequel. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's about the only way that would work. Exactly. So I'm, I, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing, I mean, I've, I've only seen Tony for a season and a half and I'm already 
really looking forward to seeing this next take on yeah. him. His son doing an early take, seeing seeing Tony as like an unformed, seeing him as ditzy as the young kids who were like, hey, T, call me fucking Tony. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing in season two, but I digress. Okay. Neat. My digresses. Your digressions. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, uh, well, I thought you had an excellent topic, and that's why I was trying to bring it around with the end of The Sopranos because of the end of Game of Thrones. And oh, the yeah. Business yeah, yeah, and yeah. Ask me what my topic is, Rich. What's your topic, Daniel? I'm sick and tired of all these fans bitching and bitching and bitching that they're not happy with how something turned out. Let me tell you, Rich, and let me tell you, folks, that's enough. I will put each one of your asses over my knee and paddle them because you're spoiled, little entitled motherfucking brats. Was I completely tickled with the ending of Game of Thrones? No. Am I demanding that they reshoot? Am I making a petition that they remake the entire season while also calling the exact same showrunners of the show that you adored for six seasons? Incompetent writers. How disrespectful can you be to, to, to petition these, these showrunners to not be able to go on to make Star Wars? To remake season eight and call them incompetent. Those incompetent motherfuckers made a better piece of work than millions of these fucking bitches signing that goddamn petition will. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, especially as, as someone who hopes to be in these fields of creation in the future. That... There's a lot that goes into these, mm-hmm. and um, if you don't have the courage to look at a piece of, uh, to look at a, a a painting on the wall, and look at the artist who's standing in the gallery right there with you, and tell them, I like that first chunk of it, but this whole back half of it, that that introduction of turquoise is like it's garbage, it's garbage, mm-hmm. and you're a shit artist. I'm gonna need you to repaint this. <laughs> The, the internet breeds yeah. the internet breeds negativity and it breeds uh, 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 people who are just cowards it breeds cowardice mm-hmm. in my opinion um, g- cowardly actions because a lot of people wouldn't do that they know it's wrong they know it's not the nice thing to do and just because you're doing it on the internet does not make it a, a, a sudden filter with no repercussions it still makes you a dick yeah. it still makes you a bitch so well I, the thing about that, and I think this is, I will always blame social media just because of the way it's changed the world and everything, but people now have the ability to go online and have a voice. Yeah. And have thoughts and a medium in which to share them, like, say, a podcast on YouTube. Truth. Hey. Shameless self plug. Anyway, yeah, right. But still, but, but no, but, you're right. It used to when we had the conversation, it would stop here and end here. Right. Well, and the other thing is that if somebody says something you don't like, mm-hmm. you can block them. Truth. You cannot hear them. Mm-hmm. You can just completely hide them and never see them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That creates an echo chamber. It does. To where you are only hearing the things that you like to hear, hearing only the things you want to hear. And I 
I've said it before, I'm sure, on the show. <laughs> That's how we ended up with Trump. Also true. Was there were so many people in their echo chambers that they thought there was no way in hell mm-hmm. he was going to win. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even bother to vote. Mm-hmm. And then they're all shocked and amazed when it comes to time to, you know, inaugurate the new president. They're like, how did she lose? And it's, did you vote? Well, no. Neither did anybody else. Yeah, because, yeah. There's no way, but unfortunately there was. So I I think that if you're going to be online and you're going to say, if you're going to speak your mind, Mm -hmm. you need to disable the blocking. It's true. You need to hear both sides. Mm -hmm. You need to hear all sides. And, you know, the people that that don't do that are, you know, the more righteous. The people that block, I mean, are the narcissist. The Internet is a narcissist playground. Oh, yeah. You know, plain and simple. And um, uh, at this point, I think we'll just title the episode Narcissism and then whatever your topic is. But, I mean, depends on how long we can go on about this. Um, as it as it relates title it narcissists, to, but not us because we love ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that uh, there is the issue of, like, not sharing that. Now... I think that uh, the petition, I think the biggest issue is that when they create a petition that says rewrite the, the um, remake the last season, it's, I'm sure, I think it might have been made um, by a very angry person who doesn't actually feel that way, but just wanted them to know that uh, some of us weren't happy with the way it went, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, kind of an issue when these things become entitled in that fashion where they try to control the way these things turn out instead of making a petition that says, let HBO know that this was not the right path to take with Game of Thrones or let them know that you didn't like it. Do not demand that it be remade. It's still art at the end of the day. Um, really funny thing in comparison is the Sonic movie. <laughs> Are you aware of the biggest development? Yeah, yeah. I heard. It is now being remade. The Sonic Just design completely. is being remade. And I feel like, um, uh, overwhelmingly, that I, I, I'm willing to bet cold hard cash that um, I don't even remember seeing a petition of any kind that said re, uh, uh, redesign Sonic. I'm about 99% sure that the the response on on Twitter overwhelmingly was the cause because Sonic's design was the butt of every joke to be made yep. in the film and game industry. Oh yeah, which is their main audience. Mm-hmm. So whoever messed that up, messed that up, and the the film got pushed from late this year to early next year to give them more time to uh, um, redesign Sonic yeah, in every single scene. It. Yeah. Um. So it'll be it'll be cool and interesting to see that, but um, that brings me around to uh, what I said in our sound test a little a little bit is that you need to finish playing Batman Arkham Knight and get to God of War. Yes, because um, I watched the uh, documentary Raising Kratos. Okay, it is on YouTube for everyone to watch. I highly suggest you go watch it because it is it is an amazing documentary about. Um, the redesign of God of War as a video game. Okay. Taking um, a video game property 
based on, um, well, not based on, but consisting strongly of brutal, brutal murder. Yeah. And ang- an angry character who's just angry all the time. Yeah. And, and turning him into a father trying to raise a son. Yeah. And Corey Barlog took to Twitter and said, what happens when everyone naysays something that you have a specific take on before it can happen? And pointed out that people were complaining about the design of Sonic. And that when people complain about change, um, this was his way of saying, like, well, what if everyone complained about Kratos being a father in God of War? And now God of War is in most everyone's top ten games of all time. Right. Because of how astonishingly amazing that game is. And it's only the first of a trilogy, uh, seemingly a trilogy, you know, of a, you know, continuation of series, but I digress. Yeah. Well, I mean, apply it to anything. Yeah. Really, it, imagine mm-hmm. if the internet existed in the 50s. Okay? Imagine that what's happening now with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of these social medias and everything. Imagine all of that exists when Dog Day Afternoon is being made. How much backlash would that studio catch if there was rumor going around that a guy robs a bank in order to pay for a sex change operation for his girlfriend? Because that's the plot of Dog Day Afternoon. Truth. So, I mean, would that movie get made? And that is arguably Al Pacino's best work outside of Godfather. Mm. Um, or... Take Scarface. Mm-hmm. Imagine the backlash if on Twitter everybody's talking about Al, how Al Pacino, who was it, playing Italians and everything, now is playing a Cuban, a Cuban drug lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. What kind of backlash would there be? It's Hashtag true. whitewashing. Yeah. You know, all this. Yeah. We would be missing out on so much. Amazing art because people are bitching about it without even giving it a chance. It's true. Now, when I saw the Sonic poster, I said, this is a horrible idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is going to be bad. Yeah. And then when they released the actual trailer, the actual trailer Mm -hmm. and everybody saw him, I was like, yeah, this is going to be even worse than I thought it was going to be. Same. Guess how much of that I shared with the filmmakers? <laughs> Zero. Nothing. None. Mm-mm. It's their art. Let them make it. It's true. And if it if I'm wrong, I will happily admit that I'm wrong. Yeah. If I actually enjoyed the Sonic movie. It's true. I don't think I would even give it a chance based on that trailer. Right. And many, 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 many people. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of the internet yeah. said the exact same thing, but they said it to their face. Well, to their media feed, I it's guess. It's true. It's true. They said it. They took time out of their days of uh, bagging groceries and flipping burgers mm-hmm. and um, making sales and uh, doing construction work. They took five five minutes out of their. I don't want to. 
I don't want to shit on the normal life of anyone and everyone, right? Because everyone's got a different struggle. Right. Uh, they took the time out of their day to shit all over uh, something that someone has worked way harder than them. Yeah. To be good at. Yep. And that's the next worst thing, in my opinion. Um, because also, if you're going to shit on, on someone who's doing something completely different than you... Mm-hmm. Um, you're pitiful. Yeah. You're just you're just pitiful. You know what I mean? You're allowed to have an opinion of these things, but to reach out and say, people see this on Twitter. Like, Twitter is notorious for celebrities being able to just reach right back and go, yep, I know, or agreed, or yeah, you're funny. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people see the things you say to them. They do. No, I, just yesterday I saw a tweet from uh, the writer of Rogue One, Gary Witta. Mm-hmm. Um, basically saying, uh, thanks for your opinion. I am blocking you now. Um, because there was a guy who took to him saying, um, the last crusade was my least favorite of the Indiana Jones. And he replied, well, Rogan was my least favorite of the prequels. Yeah. Right. And talk about such a pitiful, that just doesn't make any sense. A pitiful reach just to say something mean. To someone who got to write a Star Wars movie. Do you know, uh, he's been an editor for magazines. He's written comics. He's done so much, written novels. And then this dweeb has 30 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you got you to pull someone down. Well done, you, you well, piece. I blocked him too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, you can be put away if yeah. you have negative attitudes. And that's kind of like the double-edged blade of the whole, like, people blocking people. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, blocking people who disagree with you, probably not a good idea. Blocking people um, who are rude and mean, 100% acceptable. Well, blocking people that comment without, or, or criticize without being constructive. hmm 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 Like... You know, if they just say, you know, the work you did here was shit. This is hot garbage. I'm I'm so upset that I wasted my time watching this or whatever. And they don't say. Here's exactly what I didn't like about it. Yeah. And here's what I think could have been done to improve that. Yes. That. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you block. If somebody's just going to. Crap on it. Crap on it, then block it. Because hypothetically, yeah. for them to say, you know, like, the 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 last crusade was my least favorite, you know, um, is one thing. And keep in mind, it's least favorite, not worst film ever made. It's, like, least favorite that, you know, um, it's just not... Hey, I, hang on, I have to address this yes. guy. Whoever this guy is that said... Last Crusade is your least favorite Indiana Jones movie. Did you see Temple of Doom? Also true. Did you see Crystal Skull? Come on! Well, this was pre-Crystal Skull. Okay, but still. I agree, but still. I mean, did you see Temple of Doom? (laughs) That movie existed only to get Steven Spielberg laid. He put his wife in it. That's it. Hey, question. Uh... How just how they many? They didn't even do archaeology in that. How often do you quote uh, the Last Crusade? 
Devil's Advocate. I'm not Continue. entirely certain. Probably at least twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Last the, Crusade? Yeah, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. What about the Penitent Man? Penitent. Penitent Man. Penitent. No, what you about? You don't ever mutter that when you're trying to, you know, not get your head cut off. Right, but also like, what about the other thing though? Like, um, uh, what about how many times do you reference Temple of Doom? Well, Mister Jones. Oh, very rarely. <laughs> I think it was the first, th- what, 30 of 36 episodes you sound checked with Kalima. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm over exaggerating okay. here. No, no, you. That's if fair. Anything you you e- have a point. But it lends to the idea that um, a lot of people really were fine with Temple of Doom. Yeah. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I love all three of those. Yeah. I haven't seen Crystal Skull because I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade so much. Yeah. I don't want anything to tarnish my memory of those films. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, Temple of Doom is by far my least favorite, but I still love that movie. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because it's Indiana Jones and because of the Kalima. Come on. Yeah. Pulling a guy is still beating hard out of his chest and then putting it back. <laughs> yes. It's, it's it's fun. This is a very nerdy episode. <laughs> it's very nerdy. WDMR, that's is. okay, though. But it's like this guy didn't... He He's not a fan yeah. of any of these things. To say that Rogue One is your least favorite of the prequels and Last Crusade is your least favorite... Well, no, it wasn't the same guy saying the bo- the same things. It was a guy replying to the writer of Rogue One. Oh. The Rogue One writer said li- that that the Last Crusade was his favorite, while pointing it to an uncredited writer of the oh, Last Crusade. Okay. So, like, I think it was him trying to like kind of put up a thing and say like it was my favorite, but maybe there's a reason why. And gotcha. then, and then, just a guy coming in with a comment that says, "Well, Rogue One was my least favorite of the prequels," and I, and you know, um. I'm assuming you're not done questioning what that guy's issue was with Rogue One versus the prequels. And I'll, I'd, no, I don't want to point I'm, this out I'm, for I'm honestly you. convinced the guy's just dim. Yeah, yeah. No, he's literally an idiot if he thinks Rogue I mean, it's when the argument is Rogue One is the best Star Wars prequel and there was a literal prequel trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I just. Hmm. Yeah, basically. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of. St- it's, I mean. Not to offend what anyone, you, but yeah. if you're offended, it's your own fault because this is totally for the humor. I'm upset that that guy didn't wasn't able to get an education because they just didn't make buses short enough for him. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But. You know who likes the the Star Wars prequels? N- not mm. Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Long story short, honestly that that opened up a lot of holes for me. Seeing the prequels opened up a lot of holes in the original trilogy yeah. to where I kind of don't enjoy the original trilogy as much as I once did. Interesting. Because of the effect of the prequels. Right, exactly. And it's it just yeah, it's it's tough. And that's why every time anything new Star Wars comes out, the first words I say are I cannot wait to be disappointed by this. Fair enough. That's it. It just turned 
the whole universe yeah. of Star Wars for me in a way that I'm just kind of like, uh. but I mean, Empire is still just the best. Exactly. Anyway. Narcissist as, on the internet. As far as this Game of Thrones petition business yeah. goes, yeah. here's my thoughts. First off, I'm really tired of people twisting what petitions are supposed to be used for. Mm-hmm. Petitions are supposed to be used to enact positive change in the world. So this is if you're if you're going to create a petition, have mm-hmm. it benefit people for a long time, you know. This mm-hmm. should be to the benefit of everyone, not just yeah, fans of Game of Thrones that are just a little disappointed or whatever. There is a good thing though, if I may interject. Yeah. Um uh, a cool thing on that is that there is someone who from the petition sent out a link to everyone who signed the petition that said, "Look, this is also creating a lot of negativity." And when Sophie Turner, um the Santa actress took to um the internet to say, "Y'all are ridiculous. There are hundreds and thousands of people who put a lot of hard effort and work into making this for you and for you to demand we all do it again because you're not happy enough is ridiculous um and a lot of other you know actors also being like come on really uh one of the petitioners sent out a link to amelia clark's foundation for uh brain aneurysms and they actually Mm. raised a ton of money for nice. the brain aneurysm. So there is someone, someone, and that person is a hero and a leader, noticed what a, a stupid, um, um, empty plight it was to bitch on the internet and said, now let's make this into something that benefits, which is cool. cool. That's yeah, cool. Right? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, the, my other thought on that. Yes. Anybody who signed that petition, mm-hmm. I want you to go. And write eight episodes of Game of Thrones the way you think it should have been done. Go ahead. Write the full scripts. Mm-hmm. Post them online. Do it. Just so that I can read them and go, well, this is hot garbage. Why the fuck did you even bother? You know what you should do? You should kill yourself. You right. should just fucking kill yourself because this is shit. Right. See how that feels. It's true. It's true. Okay. If you're not right. willing to put in the work yourself and do it and find out just how difficult it is and then have it visible to everyone and get all the feedback. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to do that, maybe you shouldn't be signing this fucking petition. And I'm sure there's dozens. Actually, hundreds. Sorry. Well, no, what they have well over a million signatures. So, yeah, there's millions who couldn't do that and probably wouldn't do that. Right. No, they just want to they just want to be like, I don't like it. They're to get fuck you. You do it. You do it. You give it a shot. Come yes. back. Let us know how it turns out. Basically. It's it's. And when you write in a scene that Sansa forgives Tyrion and marries him. <laughs> I will tear you to shreds. Now, <laughs> I heard the end of Tyrion's joke. Oh, yeah, me too. Yes. Yeah, no, because someone finally made it and like, you know, because someone kind of deducted from that joke that he always starts telling but never gets to finish. Yes. And, and I they love followed it. it to its logical end. I love uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. What is it? I used to be taller. <laughs> oh, 
I used to be six foot three. <laughs> awesome. Mm, no, it's a good joke. I don't remember it, but I mean, that's, I mean, maybe yes. shit. Uh, well, Game of Thrones is done and gone. It for is. For a few, at least. It is but done and gone. Um, but yeah, so we're looking into that. But no, just seeing as many petitions as I have um, for this bullshit. And then the new one that's don't let the creators of, or the showrunners of Game of Thrones do a Star Wars Shut up, get over it. There's also another petition. Don't let Robert Pattinson play Batman. We don't want to see this that. Is Shut ridiculous. up. Shut up. Oh my god. That is if an actor who has done so much more than be in five Twilight movies. Okay? Yeah. So much more. Has worked incredibly hard at his craft to be good at what he does. With multiple, multiple movies. He's, he's been in yeah. just as much, if not more, movies than the other people in those movies. Robert Pattinson was just star power for those things, and it was a paycheck. Yeah. If you're going to bitch about Robert Pattinson yeah. portraying Batman, where the fuck were you when they hired Joel Schumacher? <laughs> where the fuck were you when they were making Batman forever? <laughs> where the fuck were you when they said, hey, George Clooney would be a good idea? Shut up. Shut up. Nipples. Shit. Nipples on Batman. Thank where you, were you. you? It's ridiculous. Um. So, yeah, there's that thing of like, and you know what I think the worst part about Robert Pattinson as Batman is? They just don't like Twilight. Yeah. They just don't like Twilight. They don't like a different property. And so they do not let an just a man who has nothing to do with it outside of playing the roles didn't even watch the movies. Yeah. He didn't watch the movies. I read an article. He did not watch. People said, what do you think of the Twilight movies? He said, I don't know. I haven't seen them. He read his scripts. He did it in front of a camera and won't even watch the movies. And y'all won't let him play Batman? <laughs> Come on. Stop. I'm actually kind of excited to see him play Batman. Same. Especially if he does Batman Beyond and he's McGinnis. Oh, man. To oh, jeez. To Don't Keaton, get me excited. To Keaton's get Bruce Wayne. Get me uh, come on. Oh, yeah. Come oh, on. that would be wonderful. That would be so fucking epic. Uh, the rumor is Court of Owls, though. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I digress. I, oh, okay. It's been 45 minutes of me. But first. <laughs> but a, first. A message from our sponsors. Bic makes pens. And lighters. I have to pee. All right. Uh, Senator, I have to pee too. Senator, you have the floor. Oh, you need to pee too? I was going to give you the whole floor. Pee pause. Pee pause. Ready? Break. 46 minutes. Ooh, remember 46. Yep. 46 minutes. 46 minutes. It's good times. I'm debating if I want to go out there. As Christie's young boy toy husband, <laughs> and like, excuse me, sir, uh, I, I'm I'm doing a live recording. I can't have you here right now. You're making my dogs bark. It's just like cut it off, boom. <laughs> just hard, just nice. like swap out. Do you ever want to do that? Just swap out as someone's husband to save them out of a situation. Yeah, it's a fun idea. But then there's the 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 issues of like capitalizing on set jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one time our manager uh, at Target was trying to make us feel uncomfortable for being friends and joking around me and another girl that I was talking the same aisle with. 
Um, and we were just good at joking back and forth. And then we were, uh, checking out in the morning, grabbing energy drinks. And, uh, and he was like, uh, if you guys don't stop making out, I'm gonna have to put you in different aisles. So I found him separately later and said, you can't tell anyone you saw us doing that (laughs) 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 to flip it on him. Nice. Obviously we're making, and frankly, like we just went super quiet when he said we were just like, could you like, why, why do you have to like, is it possible for people to be friends? Because I feel like some people don't feel like it's possible. Do you think the people that question that are, are secretly just super bad at not wanting to fuck every boy or girl they run into? Okay, are are you saying that it is it possible for opposite sexes to have platonic friendships? In a very... Um, is that what you're asking? Yeah, in a very hy- not hypothetical, but what is the word I'm looking for? Like an unanswered question way. Um, like, I don't know, that was really roundabout, and I didn't really want to ask you about that. <laughs> Why don't we just start here? Do okay. a pause, and then you can do your topic. And then I'm going to write that down for next week and f- actually phrase That's it. That's actually correctly. kind of an interesting question. Well, that... We don't, have, f- no, we don't have to do that right now if well, you have I, No, thing. I'd actually, because that kind of sparks it the name of our show when mm-hmm. Daniel met rich yes. is a ripoff of when harry met sally very true and that movie when harry met sally is exactly about the question you just posed really yes i've never seen it i just okay. went with it because it sounded funny <laughs> when harry met sally is about two people yes that they're strangers that are kind of paired up by friends because they're both moving to New York at the same time. Oh, okay. So they had opposite circles of friends and everything and friends of friends paired them together cuz it's like, "Hey, you're going to New York, you're moving to New York, so am I." Right. Let's ride share. Right. Oh, okay. So they road trip to New York okay. together. This is their first meeting each other. Oh, okay. And he She's like, we can be friends. And he's like, he's like, I don't think, I don't think men and women can be friends because the sex always gets in the way. (laughs) And she's like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, if two people don't find each other unattractive, you know, if it's not like, oh my God, you're fucking horrendous looking, there's no way. If there's even the slightest bit of attraction, then they'll always be trying to get that person in bed. Sure. So there's no, there's no way it could be platonic because one side will always have that mentality. Mm -hmm. It's a very good movie. I highly suggest it. But so these two are on this road trip and she actually says, well, I guess we're not going to be friends then. And he goes, I guess not. And she goes, it's too bad because you were going to be my first friend in New York. And so when they arrive, they go their separate ways. They end up running into each other on a flight and talking to each other and catching up and everything. Nice. And then they separate again 
And then they happen to run into each other again yeah. in like a bookstore a few years later. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And like his marriage has fallen apart. Her relationship just ended. And they're talking about their issues in these relationships and everything. Interesting. Okay. And they start hanging out like all the time. They become best friends. Right. And he's like, you may be the first attractive woman I've not wanted to sleep with. And she's like, that's wonderful. Yeah, right. So it ends up they they have this long friendship and everything. And then it ends up that they realize that it's better to marry your best friend. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So then they get together. And right. That's how it ends up. But right there. I've I've met other people that have had this mentality of men and women can't be friends because of sex. Yeah. I and think it's a shit mentality, just FYI. Oh, uh, me too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, there was actually one girl that I met in college that told me that she happened to agree with that mentality. Mm. And she was wanting to hang out with me all the time. And right. I thought we were friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she springs this on me and I'm like, okay, so you think that men and women can't be friends, but we've been hanging out together for a couple weeks now. Where do you think this is? Yeah. It's like, are you, I'm like, are you hoping this develops into something more than a friendship? Right. Or are you hoping that I'm thinking that? What's going on? (laughs) Right. And she's like, I've been waiting so long for you to make a move. And I'm like, why didn't you make a fucking move? Yeah, exactly. Right. Why do I? What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if I make a move and it falls flat, who's going to jail yeah. in that situation? <laughs> okay, if you make a move and it goes flat, who's going to jail in that situation? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because there's those and there's like multiple situations in that. But, I mean, most importantly, it's really... It's really not cool. Um, There's been a couple of times where, you know, people are just like, oh, you're going to make out with her? Oh, you're going to do that? I'm just sitting here like, do you see the ring on my finger? And you're you're insinuating that, like, I want to be with someone who's not my significant other. I kind of want you to fuck off. (laughs) Like, it's offensive. And it's like for someone to insinuate that I feel like is a party foul also in a way because it it in the way that it just ruins all of the fun for everyone involved because all of a sudden it's this thing of like well now that you made it into that i really don't feel like you know uh, it, like it's comfortable to continue joking with a friend like that you know what i mean in that weird way of the opposite gender specifically well see i i typically tend to run with that mm-hmm. where like if somebody's like oh you guys gonna make out now i'm like are you jealous? Don't worry that you can still find out the flavor of my dick. Yeah. It's right, okay. Right? Yeah. I, I've got more than enough for all. And that's. You know, and then I put that, put it on them, put them on the spot. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, you're, you're making this comment cause you secretly want me and that's yeah. fine. I'm okay yeah. with that. And then they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Which that's one of my favorite fucking bits from Letter Kenny. Right. When when somebody looks at the guy goes fag and he's like, 
How'd you guess the safe word for when I'm fisting your dad? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. No, I remember that. Oh, I love that. That was mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how I typically react to situations like that. Right. Probably. And I've, you know, there have been other situations of that nature where I was like getting close with a girl and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that I was actually dating or hoping to date or whatever. Yeah. And somebody comes past and goes, get a room. Yeah. yeah. Can we not? Like, what's the room or? I would, you know? but your mom keeps fucking your brother in there. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, it's best not to make these comments to me. It really is. It really is. It's best not to make these comments to a man who's just been educated by said man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll get faster. I'll, I, that's the thing. This I've been getting speedier with these things right. as time goes on. Right. Well, when you talk so much into a microphone, it makes you yeah. oddly quippier. Yeah. It may, allows the allows the mind to flow to the mouth a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hence fourth episode uh, uh, 36, before this episode 37, my fart will go on. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to go in the Hall of Fame, Rich. It will once I compose it. Yeah. <laughs> Run it through a fart synth and just play the song. Right. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's true. Hot, good times. Hot dog piccolo. <laughs> Hashtag hot dog piccolo. <laughs> And if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to episode 36. Yeah, listen to this previous episode. Or we just get stupid for about the first 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was a little bit ridiculous. Well, we had so long in between episodes that we just got super dirty instead of super philo- philosophical for once, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to to next week. For Okay, so for real, next week, can we do our favorite murder? Sure. As a cover. like a, like a, Like if we were a cover band... And my favorite murder was a band, and then we did a cover and call it our favorite murder. Cool. Okay. All right. And now that we said it out loud, we have to do some research. <laughs> well, I was going to suggest it last it, time. But you suggested it for this week, and I already did my research. Right. So I'm sorry. It's all right. It's okay. I'm prepped for next week now. Oh, perfect. Okay. Done. Good time. I will prep now myself I, for Now I can focus on yeah. creation for the. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to make so many. Yeah, except everyone knows now that we're doing a show. That's coming. We've been talking about it for a while. So. Yeah. Never once on the camera, though. Really? Really. Whoops. It's out of the bag. <laughs> Timestamp. Where's the timestamp? I know. We're gonna, I'm going to run around an hour. I'm going to bleep it and just start sending people nuts. Yeah. Um. On the the fun part of like talking about not being able to um, people not being able to separate being friends and having sex. Uh, there is a really cool documentary called The Science of Sex Appeal on okay. Netflix. Have you seen it? Not yet. Have you heard of it? It is probably the coolest thing ever. Where they kind of um, they do a lot of like actual like scientific experiments around the idea of attractiveness. And so they would take a, uh, for instance, in one project, they were on the street and they had women walking by and they were holding up a sign, uh, a picture that uh, they would say, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah. And they'd put up um, a picture of an attractive guy and be like, would you date him? They're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, pull out another card. Here's his salary uh, flipping burgers at McDonald's. 
And they go, I don't know. <laughs> they get an unattractive guy. They're like, hey, not so much. Salary of 100K a year. It's like, actually, yeah. Uh, I'd give him a shot. Here's his car. Oh, yeah, actually, right? And they do yeah. that. What I think was the coolest thing is that everyone, um, so they got a, a range of um, not attractive people to very attractive people and um, graded them on uh, features and symmetrical qualities of the face. And um, and then put everyone in bald caps, onesies, and in the same room. Um, girls couldn't wear makeup. Uh, guys couldn't have facial hair. It was all just the blandest picking you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put all these people in the same room and said, um, there are an equal amount of men and women in here. Pick partners that you are attracted to. Ready, go. And then they did... And some people would be, like, walking up to each other. They weren't allowed to, like, conversate and do anything personality-wise. But, like, some people would, like, see someone approaching them and then be like, "Mm mm-mm, and, like, go look for someone else. By the end of the project, everyone was within two points of each other on the scale. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. So, by science, we seek out people that are... On the same level of scale we are in attractiveness, scientifically. Hmm. Is that insane or what? It's pretty crazy. It is really crazy. I think that one was on Netflix. I'm nice. going to look it up. I don't know. It's just cool. There's, there, I mean, it's a very fascinating subject, and there's been little bits of research I've done just in like certain movies I've watched and the ideas they've stirred up. Mm-hmm. Two come to mind when you were talking about that. First one is The Tao of Steve, which is a movie starring uh, Donald Logue. Donald Logue, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, he's he's an awesome actor. Mm-hmm. Guys, stupid good. Weirdest name ever, but yeah. hey, he's an actor. And um, he he plays this guy that is like the ultimate player. And he formulated this for lack of a better term religion about getting girls Ooh. based off of Steve McQueen okay so Steve McQueen the king of cool this so there's three rules to it I'd, be, I'd, be aloof be excellent be gone okay okay so the first rule be aloof don't care you can never let them know if you give a shit or not right so I won't always be excellent in their presence. Uh-huh. And then the third one, once you've hit it, quit it. Go. Be gone. Wow. And they will forever love you. Yikes. And yeah, that the movie wasn't great, but that idea, me and my roommates floated that around for the longest time. We uh-huh. were talking about it just uh-huh. like crazy because he breaks it down pretty hard in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was weird how it worked because I tried it and it worked. It's scary. <laughs> it worked really well. And I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Right. But I was like, okay, this, this is strange that it works this well and I should probably stop. So I did. Right. 
it's also funny to see in, in retrospect, I was going through like old Facebook messages, the fact that it works naturally for people who don't care. Um, for instance, in, in high school, I was going back through like Facebook messages just forever and ever, just out of boredom ago. And I found one of a girl approaching me she, uh, who I just didn't know. And she said, hey, smiley face. And I said, no. <laughs> and, and, and exited out. <laughs> didn't say awesome. I'm a dick, but it's as we all know it's funny. That's pretty funny. I just I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? We all have that forgiveness of the learning curve. <laughs> I was a teenager once. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Growing up, we've got that learning curve. You learn best by fucking up and fucking up hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For me, that was the Dallas Steve. Yes. <laughs> Looking back. <laughs> Hello. Now, no. here's, an, here's an interesting bit. There was one of the studies that I read when I was in college and going through psychology and everything. Uh-huh. There was a study done, done on attraction, particularly attraction occurring in victims of abuse. And they did... They did like, I want to say six or seven different samples where they brought in these women, single women that were victims of abuse. Yes. And they put them in a room with 50 men. And of those 50 men, one of them had a police record for domestic abuse. Domestic violence. Wow. Okay. Okay. Only one of these 50 men in this room. Okay. And they told, they put her in this room with these men. They were like, pick who you're attracted to. Pick your number one guy out of these 50. Uh Uh-huh. And in all six cases, they all picked the domestic violence. Whoa. Wow. So there's something there's something innate in the, the, and there was multiple conclusions drawn from this one, you know, victims of abuse are possibly conditioned to continue that. True. Just because that's what they know. Yes. That's what they've experienced. That's what they, oh, yikes. Yep. And two, the, it's a diff, it's a difficult cycle to break. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And just, there were so many things in this. I can't remember everything in there and I can't remember what my point was because it was just kind of That's reading okay. that was just kind of like sexual Ooh. attraction and the things. But if, I mean, yeah. uh, if you can remember the specific point you wanted to make, I can actually like interject, uh, interject because I was looking around classes. I have two more classes before I'm finished with my degree. Um, and (laughs) I was kind of like, what's near my math class? Because I waited until the very last minute to take math because I hate it. And what, what is in my math? Uh, what's next to it? And I was looking for my, through my classes and then I saw sociology and I said, huh? So guess who's taking a deviance class? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) 
Nice. Yes. Sociology. Which is funny because we talked about the deviance classes um, yeah. in our Finding Neverland episode. Yes. Which was, oh man, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> but uh, I am taking that class now and I'm really looking forward um, to it and kind of understanding it from that from that outside perspective. Yeah. Um, or from an inside perspective as opposed to an outside perspective more than anything. Seeing direct cases because, yeah, it's kind of insane to see perpetrators of things. Um you know, uh, uh, meeting people in real life who have different, different, um, upbringings Mm -hmm. that, that like you might even be quizzical about. I mean, I've met, um, people in the last year who like are, are taking care of, uh, adopted, um, babies born through, uh, with, with, uh, deficiencies, um, due to addiction when they are born. Yeah. For instance, and finding out that like people's families, are actually like, I mean, it's it's weird just how right around the corner you can meet someone who's going through some things that you thought were like more taboo than anything. For instance, drug addiction. Right. Like, and I'm lucky enough that I don't have anyone in, in my immediate circle that has a drug problem, you know, but now I have someone in my immediate circle who has an entire family <laughs> with drug problems, you know? Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to go through those, let alone the fact that if I'm going to go sit in a class with, um, you know, people that I really hope I don't, I don't see a man lover, uh, a boy <laughs> lover, man club man in yeah. my class. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I don't. On that guy. I don't think so. That was a higher level was psychology it? class. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And it was it it was one of the few that was partnered with mm-hmm. the criminal justice. So it might so. be like deviance in accordance to like LGBTQ. Maybe well, it was it was deviance as it applied to the law. Okay, right, exactly, right. Okay, yeah, which makes more sense. So, Not to say that LGBTQ is deviant, obviously, right. So much as that queer is in the name, <laughs> right. So well, I mean, and it's and defined as what weird is uh, defined with it, queer, so. It's. I've heard the argument that it's not necessarily considered natural because nature didn't presuppose it. Mm-hmm. Because nature gave us one set. Hypothetically. Yeah. And yep. that. And that's what I'm saying. That's that exactly. This is the argument made for it being not necessarily normal and not necessarily natural. Yeah. And that's the point. Is quotations not necessarily right? Normal, right. As opposed to where, well, we, you know, the cool thing is that normal is what we make it now. Right. Well, and it's like, it it must be normal because it exists. Mm-hmm. We see it every day. Yeah. In our interactions with other people. And we don't actively work to change it anymore. Yeah. So it's become normal. Truth. Which means it's become natural. Truth. So... Um, do I, uh, man, I totally hijacked like all the topics today, but it's just the normal. Yeah, no, that's normal flow of things. Mm-hmm. Is you there present me with something and that gets gears turning and everything. Exactly. Is there anything you were dying to insert today in today's episode? Not necessarily. I was, there was, I was looking through my notes and, uh, one of the things that I noted that we never came back to and I wanted to address was um, the level of offense when dealing with people outside of your comfort zone? Your normal. 
Okay. Not necessarily your comfort zone, but like I have several gay friends. I have several trans friends. I have mm-hmm. several. I don't have a lot of nine non-binary friends, mm-hmm. but I've got a couple mm-hmm. that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were when we were doing the episode that put Ellie the butterfly outside of Cody's cocoon, mm-hmm. and you were you were very cautious in the things you were saying because you didn't want to offend or anything, and you had brought up and previous interchanges interactions with uh, trans people that went gung-ho about being offended and so the notes that I had in my phone were just too trust and overzealous <laughs> right and and in so direct relation is that someone took offense to me calling them dude right which it as they were attempting um, or defining themselves as female, right? And I <laughs> and I call my wife, dude. But <laughs> when I was when I when you were talking about that and I was stewing on that and everything, it brought to mind a phrase that really really upsets me. Okay, microaggressions. Are you familiar with microaggressions? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Microaggressions are little ticks of behavior, little comments that people make that are innocuous. Innocuous. Okay. They're not meant to be harmful or hurtful in any way. Okay. But they're just small enough to get under people's skin if they're offended by that thing. Interesting. So like so like a narcissist's favorite thing to do, kind, kind of. of. Okay. So like, because it can be unintentional, also. Yeah. Oh, against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority. Yeah, it's it's basically very, very, very subtle. Okay. Discrimination or, or I get that. I get defamatory that. comments or whatever. You're right. So it's like going to. It's like if you're at work and there's a black guy there and you're talking about your favorite hip hop artist or and anything and you're just like, So hey, who do you like? Notorious B. I. G. And he's like Yeah. <laughs> so is he supposed to be my favorite because I'm black? Exactly. That's a microaggression. Interesting. You didn't mean any harm by it, but he took it as harmful. Oh yeah, definitely. So there's I got one for you. <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, all right. Go, go. I'm sorry. I didn't want to, like, I meant to talk about this because it's a funny story on the show for months, and you just reminded me about it. All right, cool. Um, Working in Boulder, back when I uh, had her out in Boulder, I went to Five Guys for lunch one day, and I was using my card, but the chip on my old uh, card is broke, like, down the middle. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, and I put it in. And it was acting up, and I was like, oh, you fucking bitch. And the girl behind the counter thought I was calling her a fucking bitch oh, for a second. No. She totally took it the wrong way for a split second. I was like, what? And she was, she was, uh, I was like, I got to try again. She was like, okay. And I look up, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm just going to scan again. She's like, 
okay, I, th- I thought you were calling me a fucking bitch. I was like, no, whoa, <laughs> whoa, no, please, no. <laughs> no, not you, lady. I'm not, no, I'm not mad at you for my card declining, I promise. <laughs> That nice. could have that was interpreted as uh, that was interpreted almost as a I mean would that be a straightforward aggression? That's more of a straightforward aggression, yeah. That she to took just it call as. somebody out as a fucking bitch if they right now. But then there's the microaggression aspect of not being understood, if that's the case. But right. I digress. Go ahead. Well, no, microaggression is more in the line of you say things without even thinking about them because they're not in your. They're wheelhouse. not in your wheelhouse. They're not in your realm. You're so, not actually upset about it. Right. It's yeah. not something you're saying as an upsetting thing. Or anything yes. Like but it's actually... A point of contention for the person and Right. Or, or it's actually, or, or it's actually racist and you've just never considered it. Right. Because it's just been a part of your vocabulary for so long. No one's ever corrected you. Everyone who knows you knows that this is not the way you think or feel or anything, but you've made this comment. Some stranger has heard it and is like, the fuck you say? Kind of thing. And when I first heard the term microaggression, I was like, okay, this makes sense. And it it does need to stop. You know, people need to be a little bit more thoughtful about the things they're putting forward and everything. My issue is the ones that take it to the next step and they take it too far and then they're citing microaggressions all over the place. Like there was one woman who stormed out of a history class when she counted 30 microaggressions and the professor was like, I'm discussing history. This is the way things happened then. Yeah. I'm not speaking actively. I'm telling the acts of the past. So, there's, what the fuck was my point with all this? Shit. Anyway, that there are things that do need to change in mm-hmm. the mic, and as far as microaggressions go, but other people need to, people that are offended by these things kind of need to consider the background of the person saying them and decide whether this was meant offensively or this was a part of their vernacular that just needs slight correction. Yes. I think that was my point. Yes. Yeah, no, and I agree because, I mean, it's the hardest part about a microaggression is that the only <laughs> the only way to fix a microaggression is to communicate it. Right, because it right. might, you know, it might get uh, uh, larger and larger and larger. And I think a really good point of this is um, a friend um, kind of unloading a personal issue on me and Sarah lately um, that that was micro aggressive to us because it pertained to a person um, that we didn't get along with, okay. um, and was uh, uh, very very negative. Um, in that light, but I did communicate to that person. I said, yo, this, that's kind of enough because we're fed up in hearing about said person, Mm -hmm. which was pretty interesting. And I think like you have a really legitimate point that like, I think there's two ways. Yeah. There's two ways to look at microaggression in the way it's solved. And it's the way that whether or not you want to be offended by it and whether or not you want to let them know they're doing it. 
Right. Right. It's well, interesting how microaggressions could potentially also become big aggressions. Yeah. Too, if you do not nip them at the bud. Microaggressions become macroaggressions. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a here's here's a perfect example of the racial microaggression. I'm not sure if it still exists. I haven't actually kept an eye out for it, but there is a cleaning product out there that is called Spick and Span. Okay. Okay, and it 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 existed for years. If it's right. if if it doesn't exist anymore, it might still exist. I'm not 100, percent but so much so that it was synonymous with clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. want this room spick and span before you're before you go to bed or whatever. Yes. And this was actually a, if you consider the words in this, this was actually shortened Hispanic and Spanish. And it was referencing Hispanic and Mexican maids. Uh oh. So this term, spick and span, oh, no. which came to mean sparkling clean because of the cleaning product, wow. was actually a racial slang. Whoa. That's that's hilarious and terrible at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> Holy so that is that is a <laughs> microaggression that kind of went to a different level. Right? So there are still people saying, you oh know, gosh. I want this I want this area of spick and span. And not meaning it in a way, but there have been several Hispanic people that have been like the fuck does yeah right you You can't say that um i and you know what's actually a really good example of uh microaggressions is the um the get together like brunch party and get out when all the white people oh yeah the older white people come to the house and uh the lady's like i like them tall dark and handsome and um, uh, oh, I would vote for Obama again. Yeah, I would and, have elected Obama a third time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, uh, uh, I bet you played golf just like Tiger and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yes. It's those are perfect examples of microaggressions that Absolutely. I like. For a second, they're like when when it was so at it, at its blatant extreme. There, I actually reached out to one of my friends who is black and said, "Yo, is this am I?" Like, no, you're that is you're never that bad yeah. and it's never like i think it would have to be one after the other after the other after the other after the other to like really see like actually i can see how that gets old right really quick yep. <laughs> yeah that's it's little things that draw attention to the difference yes i don't think we're bad about it no I have been called out on being bad about it in the past, and I kind of went, you need to quit being so fucking sensitive about this. And looking back. And when I, well, no, there's, that's my question. I guess that's my central point is where's the line? Right. I mean, uh, well, I mean, oh, geez. The line's where you define it and you're, where you're well, in with the person. it shifts from person to person. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you don't want to offend anyone. I, like, I know you as a person where there's the thing of, like, okay, let's calm our tits. Uh, I mean, do you need to correct everything I do here? And then there's, like, 
actually, you know, I think you have a valid point and I think you and personality uh, uh, are totally letting me know that this is too much. And I think I agree with that, you know, right. Where yeah. these two different spectrums, but I think for, I mean, I think, I mean, I see you as a person who knows when it's acceptable and when it's not. And then to accuse someone of being sensitive, um, with having the issue is like on one hand it can be seen as an oof scenario because we don't want to accuse someone of being sensitive just because they uh, have an issue to partake Mm -hmm. um in our behavior but overall i mean i think it comes down to that communication thing again you know what i mean of like how do we meet in the middle because at the end of the day if you're upsetting someone you aren't going to keep doing it you know right yeah, I'm. It's easy to say. Yeah, and it's easy to define. I think. Yeah, it's it's just we, tough we talked to about call it when you're in the situation. We talked about person. it. Yeah, and we talked about it at such length. I'm sorry that sure. um that even the question coming at the end, I feel like it's an easy answer. It's just no. It just comes down to the to the letting someone know before it gets to be too much, or as soon as it becomes too much, that it is too much. Spot on. I know. It's a bit much. I know. But is it too much? Is it a micro <laughs> much or a macro much? Ugh. I'm just saying. Well, macroaggressions is like, you know, the guys in polo shirts with tiki torches. Anyway. <laughs> Why do I keep making it political? I don't know. Anyway. You suppose that's enough for an episode? I think so. Thank you for listening to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Catch us next time. Thanks for listening. And we are not making a show. See what I did there? (laughs) Now they're just confused. Now they're just confused. Hey, did you know they uh, announced that the Avengers game is getting revealed at E3? Yeah, I heard about that. (laughs) 